I'm Alan Cornett, and this is the Eat Kentucky Podcast. back to the Eat Kentucky podcast, where we celebrate Kentucky, its food, and its culture. This is your host, Alan Cornett. We have another great guest this episode, but first I want to encourage you to hit the subscribe button to the podcast so you can be notified of future episodes. I'm excited about interviews that I've already recorded that will be coming your way soon, as well as some fantastic guests I'm still making arrangements with. Please take a moment to scroll down and leave a five-star rating. It lets the algorithms know that this is content you value and want others to know about. After some deliberation, I've also decided to begin rolling out a Patreon for those who want to give some extra support to Eat Kentucky. This podcast that you hear now will not be affected. It's free and will remain so. But if you hop over to patreon.com eatkentucky, you can pledge a few dollars a month to help me to continue to grow the podcast, upgrade equipment, and allow me to travel to interview great guests. Patrons receive special premiums, previews, and bonus content. If you're able to help, I'd love you to become a patron. There may not be anyone in Kentucky's food scene who's been hotter over the past six months than my guest in this episode of Eat Kentucky. From a feature article in Bon Appetit to a cover recipe in Food and Wine, with a myriad of appearances far and wide, Samantha Four of Tuk Tuk Sri Lankan Bites has been everywhere. She shows no signs of slowing down. In this episode, we discuss her hectic schedule, a trip to Spain, her relationship with the Southern Foodways Alliance and the group Brown in the South, as well as her role as an unofficial food ambassador for Kentucky, plus why she never could have gotten where she is today from anywhere but Lexington, Kentucky. We have a great time talking, and you'll enjoy getting to know Chef Sam Ford. So, Samantha Ford. That's me. Welcome to Eat Kentucky. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for meeting with me. I am appreciative of it. We are at La Petite Delicat. Beautiful day. It is a lovely day as long as you're looking out the window. A little bit chilly. A little bit chilly if you're on the other side of it. Beautiful from the inside of here. The sun is shining. A couple of macarons. Yeah, you've got some hot tea. Yeah. So that's all you need to keep you all I need. Wor- warm you from the inside. It's, it's a very Sri Lankan thing to just need a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So my first question for you is, right now, is your suitcase full or empty? Empty. Is uh, it? It's em- completely empty. It is completely. This is the first time I've been completely unpacked in about a year. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes me a while after I just make a short trip to, to actually get <laughs> my suitcase all I've, the way. I've empty. got it down to a system now. I, I just uh, I just kind of redid all my travel stuff for Christmas, and I have my little carry-on that fits in the overhead bin perfectly, and my little shoulder bag that takes care of everything for me. So. Well, you've probably developed 
the perfect capsule wardrobe at this point. <laughs> wear a lot of black. I said, yeah. <laughs> black was black the key. I, I wear a lot of black. Um, I keep I keep I always keep a pair of black pants for any chef events. I usually cook in a black long sleeve T-shirt when I can, and something to tie my hair back. As long as I keep it simple, it's generally pretty easy. Um, I don't think you want to overcomplicate it. So I don't keep a chef's jacket. I, I feel like if I wore all black, I would look like a German philosopher. I look like a really angry goth kid. So, <laughs> <laughs> so where is the next your next travel destination? Not far, Louisville. Okay, well, so that's not bad. I'm, I'm doing a you dinner don't even in have Louisville. To much pack for that. No, I don't have to stay overnight or anything if I don't want to. <laughs> um, but after that, it gets a little bit. Hectic. I, I think I've got New Orleans in the books. I haven't finalized a date. Boston, working on a pop-up in New York uh, with a nonprofit that benefits and trains refugee women. Um, and then we're working on California. And there was another random one. Oh, Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. So people people want Sri Lankan food. People want Kentuckians to come around too. So it's the best of both worlds. Well, you are a dual ambassador, both for Sri Lankan food and for Lexington. <laughs> I'm a native Lexingtonian. I never realized how hard I repped for Lexington <laughs> until I moved back here. I, I don't know if there's, it, over the past six to eight months at least, there's not been anybody who's brought more attention to Lexington than you have, I don't think. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if Calipari has brought as much attention. To I don't know. Cal, Cal and I might be neck and neck at this point. <laughs> You've not gotten tossed out of any kitchens, have you? Well, no, 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 I haven't. <laughs> I don't think I have. Not yet, not yet anyway. That's a goal right there. I'll just have to do one in was Arkansas. I'll have to go to a kitchen you'll in Arkansas to, yeah, and get myself thrown out. You'll have to go to Bill and see if you can get thrown out. <laughs> it, it could happen. I'm doing but. Bentonville at some point, so we'll see how this goes. Okay, well, that'll, I'm, sure it'll be, uh, I'm sure it'll be great. So just a few of the things. You were, you're a 2019 Smith Fellow with the Southern Foodways Alliance. And I love the SFA with all my heart. And you were featured in Bon Appetit in November. Kind of crazy. And you were on the cover of Food and Wine magazine. Also kind of crazy. And you were featured in a maker's video on the Maker's Mark website. Yeah. So, and and cool. I will, by the way, I'll link all of, all of the things that we reference. I'll link those in show notes so folks can go check those out. You can have four different tabs open and they can be all me. That's right. Well... <laughs> I, four, if I only had four tabs open, that would be that would be minimalist me. The maker's I, uh, one's probably the one with the music coming from it. Sorry, that's in advance. Right. <laughs> yeah, now they have a, they'll tell you where the music comes from. So, mm -hmm. how how did it come to this? How did you, I have how did, no idea. How did you how did you become celebrity chef? Oh Lord, I think that's a very generous term. Um, I just. A couple of years ago, I, I put out the mantra of work hard and be nice to people. And it's amazing how far that will take you. Um, now, granted, you're not going to get along with everyone on the road. But, you know, if you if you work hard and that kind of shows for itself, your work tends to speak more than you can. And so that's what's been proving me is, is my work and, you know, my food. Um, but it, the whole thing is, every day is kind of a surprise because I'm just like, really? Like, these people know that I exist? And 
how does this happen? And every once in a while I'll get an email and they'll be like, I don't know how these people found me, but now it's... But they've tracked you down. They have tracked me down. It's, it's weird, you know? You're going to have to go into chef relocation or something. <laughs> <laughs> chef protection program. <laughs> so they can't, but so they can't find it's you. It's just strange because, you know, I just set this up to cook behind a bar for a little bit. I, I never, ever, ever, ever in my life expected any of this. So it's, it's fun, though. Not gonna oh, lie. Oh, I, I bet. It's super fun. I know. Well, and I, I follow your uh, follow your social media, Instagram. I'm much cooler on the internet than I am Instagram. in life. Well, we all are. <laughs> <laughs> which 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 may not say a lot a lot for me either one way or the other. But uh, you you did made a trip to Spain. Yeah. Not too long ago. Spain was incredible. I was actually there during a gastronomica food conference and. The funniest thing happened, I was with Laura Smith, who does a lot of stuff with the Appalachian Initiative, and James Lyons. Laura has a new book out. Yeah, it's incredible. So we're hoping to talk about that. Oh my gosh, she should get her on here. She's soon. great. She's such a great advocate for Eastern Kentucky, mm-hmm. too. I'm uh, a native Eastern Kentuckian. She's so. a seventh generation mm-hmm. of Appalachian, and then my husband's family is actually from Eastern Kentucky as well. Okay, we're at um, Hazard, Pikeville, Pikeville. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm from Clay County, and my, my great-grandfather came from Hazard, Perry County, oh, nice. in the Clay County. So yeah, we, we are, I guess, part, I'm married into Pike County folk. Oh, okay, yeah. But um, but uh, she and James Lyons, who is the bar manager at Ona, and I all went to Spain for research, development, food conference slash found I a really some cheap of the research that you that you did. I, oh my well, gosh, it's it incredible. Looked, it San Sebastian has really become one of my absolute favorite food cities in the world. You just have to fast after that research though. I'm Actually, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I, I think I lost like six or seven oh, pounds wow. despite how much I was eating because you're walking everywhere. Yeah, right. And we really had an amazing time. The funniest thing is like, we got into the eighth best restaurant in the country or in the world, sorry, uh, by calling the night before. <laughs> nice. And they called us back the next morning and they were kind of laughing and they're like, yeah, no, we're booked out for six months. And 30 minutes later, they're like, can you come in at 8.30? <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm running on the theory that they think that we were reviewers. Oh. And so they just snuck us in, but it was Working. incredible. I mean, just to see, A, it's the quietest kitchen I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Mm, silence across the line but just to see how much they are capable out of that space and we got to meet with elena arzak that she was one of the most famous chefs in the world the whole experience was incredible just spain is awesome and you can get really cheap flights from lexington so it's i'll keep my eye open i would love to go that would yeah. be that would be a blast we just round tripped from to madrid and it was even cheaper than louisville and cincinnati oh wow yeah nice just gotta gotta hit your timing right on that. Yeah, I think. amazing. So you are the owner of Tuk Tuk Sri Lankan Bites. Yeah, that's me. Tell us what Sri Lankan food is about. What would I expect from oh, Sri Lankan food? So you're gonna get more coconut milk than you would with a typical Indian dish, but less than you would with a Thai dish. You're gonna get some really nice toasted spices. You're gonna get toasted whole alliums and you know, all sorts of layers to whatever you're eating. I've, I've started to realize that my cooking process involves a lot of flavor layering. And so that's the beauty of Sri Lankan food is that you can create these incredible dimensions out of a simple dish. You know, it's very humble, very, very homely food. 
but it's delicious. And I think that's why it has gained as much traction as it has in the past year and a half, even past three years. I mean, Tuk Tuk is going to be four in April. Okay. And in the past four years, I have met chefs that I have respected beyond, I mean, their inspirations. And they have appreciated what I've been doing because it's such an underrepresented cuisine. You know, I'm, I, I tell people there are maybe 10 to 15 places in the country that you can get Sri Lankan food, and one of them is in central Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So people are willing to travel for that. I've had people travel from New York, from Ohio, from Georgia, just to come to a pop-up, and it's bizarre. Have, have you found, mentioned earlier about being an ambassador of Sri Lankan food, have mm-hmm. you found with your travels and not just travels, but with the, the media attention that you've gotten, that uh, you're, that other people are wanting to, to start making this for, in other Gosh, places? Gosh, I hope so. You know, that was kind of the point. Right. You know, share the flavors, get a, get a foothold to the point that you can kind of show what you're all about, selfishly have somebody else put out the flavors so you don't have to be the one cooking. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I was never meant to... I, I tried for years like on getting a restaurant space going here and then every single obstacle that kind of fell in my way just kind of kept on telling me, yeah, no, you're not supposed to be spending eight days a week in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I like being the ambassador, really. It's offered me a lot of opportunities. Um, it has created friendships that I never expected to have. And it's taught me a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm continually learning new techniques new cuisines, new ways to dine out. I mean, the dining out with chefs has been the biggest uh, educational experience for me. Sure, you get, you get the Everything. ultimate. You get the ultimate critique, I would yes. think. And you get pretty much one of everything on the menu. The, the, good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we had, we had like, 12 chefs go out to eat in Nashville and it was like people who were on Top Chef, people who have been in the media for various and sundry amazing things, food and wine, best new chefs, like all these people and me. And so <laughs> we're sitting and, you know, everything from bone marrow shots to eating various and sundry specials and just kind of critiquing them at the time. And you can see the face of the kitchen when we all walk in. They're like, ooh, crap. <laughs> you know, they, we didn't plan for twelve chefs to come and eat, but sure, that would be a lot of pressure. I would, I well, yeah, I, I can't we all, even imagine. We all like. get really happy. Like, I get really happy when anyone cooks for me. I'm I'm pretty simple in my taste, you know. But I also know how to appreciate the finer things in life because I've been educated on it. I guess mm-hmm. trial by fire. <laughs> so, in meeting these other chefs, you're mm-hmm. talking about gaining an education from them. Yeah, your background is not. You don't have a formal education in culinary arts. Absolutely. I don't even have like a pigeon education in (laughs) culinary arts. (laughs) How has that been good and how has that been bad? I don't think it's, well, I mean, it's, it's. it's, Maybe it's not been bad. It has. It's weird because when people don't know you and they haven't met you yet, they obviously come up with some assumptions of, oh, well, she's not been trained. She's not working in professional kitchens on the regular. I learn pretty quick. And then when they see how hard I work for myself, you know, 90% of the time I've had people that have helped me with, you know, 
frying and prepping and, and stuff like that. But 90% of the time, it's all me. Mm -hmm. And nobody realizes that until they work with me. I think asking for a quart of diced shallots is a luxury, you know? And these people have whole brigade systems. But it's been a boon for me because I'm a sponge, you know? I don't know what everything is supposed to be, everything's supposed to look like, what this person does. I kind of treat everyone the same, which gives me a little bit of leeway with everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I tell people I'm the new dishwasher, I'm on the intern, just <laughs> to kind of get the lay of the land first. Um, Everyone's been very, very kind when they've been on a bigger stage. Mm -hmm. I never expected that. Like, you're meeting people who have gotten huge, huge accolades, and all they want to do is help you learn. All they want to do is help you make, you know, inroads. I, I think of people like, like Vishwesh Bat, who was, uh, he's a UK alum. He, I think he was, like, student body president or something. Um, rabid Cats fan. That's how we bonded. Mm -hmm. This is apparently how I bond with everybody. <laughs> um, and he and I were interacting over Twitter, and then he brought me into this Brown in the South fold, and they have taught me so much, A, about appreciating my own food, and B, about pushing it out to the world in a way that I'm comfortable with. I've never been forced to fit into any box, any mold. I've had a very luxurious entry into the culinary world, and I don't take that for granted for one second. Sure. So you reference Brown in the South. Tell mm -hmm. me, tell me about that organization. What do they do? Who, who so this goes back to that? this goes back to the tent. And uh, John T. Edge, the director of the Southern Foodways Alliance, actually came out to find the tent. And I didn't know who he was, so I just said, "Yeah, okay." Um, and then the next day, I get a text from uh, Jonathan Cyril's wife saying, "Yeah, John T. Edge was looking for you. This is who he is." And I'm like, "Oops." <laughs> started to appreciate that I have absolutely no idea what's going on. <laughs> but uh, he and I started interacting over direct message on Twitter and I was just like, you know, I'm so sorry. I should have made time. And he's like, no, no, no worries. And then he posted about Brown in the South happening and I saw Manit Shohan, Asha Gomez, Vish Bat, Marijuana Ronnie, and rock star Chidi Kumar. And I'm just like, these are people who are pushing that narrative of being Southern. Because, I mean, I was born in Kentucky. I was born in Lexington. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a straight-up, fresh-off-the-boat, you know, situation from Sri Lanka in that I have all these generational, you know, ideas and I've been cooking there since I was tiny. No, I, I definitely have an American spin on what I do. So do they. Mm -hmm. And they're not apologetic about it. And so we're sitting there in the first year of Brown in the South, and I'm saying, you know, I would love to go to this. And John T. sends me a message. He's like, I got you a ticket. Just show up. Now, the night before, I had a pop-up at Arcadium. So I left at like 6 a.m. running oh, wow. on two hours of sleep and three cups of coffee and ended up in Atlanta. And it blew my mind just seeing how appreciative these people were of South Asian basic flavors that I didn't think would be so openly embraced in Atlanta. And then I met everyone. And, and this was maybe a year into Tuk Tuk. And Monique goes, yeah, you can't quit. And I was just like, I can't quit. You say I can't quit? Yeah. I'm like, watch me. Because <laughs> I wasn't sure, you know. I didn't know where any of this was going. I'm cooking behind a bar. What's the next step? I didn't know. I never had a plan to do it. You didn't, you didn't have cover of Food & Wine on no, your No, I, I, did, I didn't even list. have a subscription to Food <laughs> & right. Wine at the time. 
Do you get a free subscription if you're on the cover? No, oh, they wow, send me a bad. ton of magazines, though, <laughs> which my family has all absconded oh, with. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I have one on my wall, which is like the first thing I've gotten framed. But So I meet all these people, and they embrace me. And for the next one, they say, okay, we want to bring Farhan Momin, who was on MasterChef, I think, season six or seven. And he did pretty well. And me. In. And I was just like, y'all realize that I'm not Indian, right? And they're like, yep. I'm like, okay. I don't know what you want me to make. And it's, it's like that moment of excitement at Christmas morning when you're like screeching for like four weeks leading up to it. And they're like, okay, we want your menu items. And I'm like, oh my God, they want my menu items. Honey, what do I make? And he's like, I don't know. And I was just like, they want my menu items, you know? And now it's... We, we've developed this familial sort of relationship. We have a family text. All, like Vish sends out amazing articles. We all support each other in this amazing way. But at the first time, which was in Nashville, which was a year before the food and wine cover came out, but that was the shot that was for food and wine. Um, I created this family for myself, I guess, in the culinary world. And they really do have my back, but they're also excellent, excellent resources and sounding boards. I, I know that you got to meet Chidi Kumar at Maker's Mark recently, mm-hmm. and she is an absolute inspiration. She's, you know, she's from from India, living in the rock star world, creating amazing, amazing, award-worthy food. Yet she's one of the most humble, kind, sweet human beings I've ever met in my and life. And that podcast has just come Wasn't out, it? which I will also link. So Wasn't that awesome? It really was. It was really she and, and I met Bill Smith when I did uh, Chow Chow. They're both such incredible people. And I'm meeting these people that I never thought I would have in my life, but I'm so grateful to mm-hmm. have them in my life because they're phenomenal. They're, they're truly great inspirations. And they're teaching me so much along the way. While we take a brief break, I wanted to tell you about my day job, and sometimes nights and weekends. I'm a realtor with Keller Williams Bluegrass Realty. When I'm not eating or posting about food, I help people find the home of their dreams in the Lexington area. If you need to buy or sell your home, please email, text, or call alancornett at kw.com or 859-327-1818. Now let's talk more about food. Does Brown in the South then have an annual meeting in a different city? Is that how it works? It's a dinner either once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. Last one was in Raleigh. No, last one was at Chow Chow, except we were missing Vish and Manit and Asha, which didn't, you know, you miss them. But we added Pretty Mishri, who is amazing. She had a Juhu Beach Club and has been quite a force for South Asian food in California. And is, I'm sorry, go ahead. But the next one is in May, I think, in Oxford. And then after Oxford, I get to bring one to Kentucky. I had to wait for uh, Vish to have his in Oxford, and then I'm going to do one here. I've been talking to Wida about borrowing one of her venues for a day and kind of turning it into Brown on the South Madhouse because it's such a fun time. I took Maddie from Rise Up Pizza um, to the one in Raleigh, and I think, I've never seen him smile so much in my life. <laughs> so is it, a, is it affiliated with Southern Foodways then on an ongoing basis? They, 
donate part of their proceeds to Southern Foodways Alliance. Okay. It is a charity dinner, um, but I think that we're diversifying the causes that we're donating to as well. I know that they did the James Beard House before Asheville, and that also went to the Beard Foundation. So, so if someone was interested in being a part of that, who, how would they? How would they? Oh, shoot us an email. Shoot okay. me an email. Like we'll, I'm happy to be inclusive of all of it. You know, I want Lexington Brown in the South to be all of the Browns in the South. (laughs) Islanders, South Asians, you know, we have so many crazy representations of ethnic cuisine here that you have to really look hard for. I want to bring that to the forefront. Like, people don't expect Congolese food or, you know, amazing, amazing Thai food in, in Kentucky. You know, people don't expect amazing Japanese food. People don't expect all of these, like, small niche cuisines i have people from california who come out who go straight to ramirez like nobody expects it's it's a good that. place to go to it is a great place <laughs> to go to i'm obsessed with her I, cactus I would, dish i would go straight there too if i were there right <laughs> so you talk about with your own cooking and the cooking of brown in the south in general as having a southern spin on say South Asian cooking. What what is Kentucky about the way you cook? Oh boy. (laughs) What isn't Kentucky about the way I cook? (laughs) Everything from the bourbon on the side. Um, It's funny because I, I actually don't like the term fusion cuisine because I don't think it's fair to other cuisines. You know, we all have a fried chicken, we all have a meatball, we all have a gravy. So, I think what's Kentucky about what I do beyond bourbon, obviously, um, it's presentation. You know, you don't expect a curry brine fried chicken with a turmeric biscuit and tomato gravy, but the tomato gravy is the same recipe as a traditional Sri Lankan tomato curry. And I don't think that the fusion moniker really fits what I do because I'm serving straight up Sri Lankan food. I'm just presenting it differently. Mm-hmm. Now, my creations that have kind of gone crazy viral are definitely a mix of the two you know we don't really do tomato pies in sri lanka but we do these like amazing cheese toasts that you can get with various and sundry toppings and that ended up being the base of the tomato pie Mm -hmm. and so i think if i can work things in like that it makes it more approachable um i think somebody from food and wine was saying it was one of more more viral recipes last year was that pie and it blows my mind because I just was kind of like, okay, these words sound cool together. And like, okay, develop it. And I'm like, ah, crap. <laughs> I didn't realize I had that, to do that part. Well, that, that forces creativity, I guess. Absolutely. Get, <laughs> yeah. Talking out of your rear end. If they start saying, give us the menu items, mm-hmm. you've got to come up with menu items, right? And I'm really good about rotating a menu, but like nine times out of 10, the inspiration comes out of someone saying, wouldn't it be great if you made this? And I'm like, okay let's try it and that's how the curry rib came about is one of my friends was just saying i love ribs i would love it if you made ribs i had no idea how to make a rib but i learned real quick mm-hmm. well and we were talking earlier about benefits of not having preconceived ideas yeah so it's, you, you can bring in what you want to bring in and and you're not constrained with it's the way my it's canvas it's it's my canvas you know i it is my story it is my canvas i'm not 
comfortable being the 100% authority on Sri Lankan food, but I am comfortable on being the authority of the marriage of Kentucky and Sri Lankan food. Sure. You're, you're the queen of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to be the queen when you're the only one. <laughs> well, everybody wants to hear. Everybody wants to hear about it. So you were in, going back to your recipe, you mm -hmm. were in a little bit of a controversy about oh, this recipe yeah, 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 with yeah. social media. And we won't rehash all the details oh, of that. Oh, they were so nice about it at the end, though. It was funny. We were all, we were all in, uh, where were we? We were in Asheville. And I had been flipping through, and I had an alert on my phone for curry tomato pie just so I could share it. And they were like, oh, well, the chef has been working so hard on this. And, you know, I was just like, well, <laughs> it looks very familiar. I've seen that pie somewhere before. I have before. seen those folds. Like, I've seen that curry tomato galette situation being a pie before. And then they told me it was someone else's recipe, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. But, like, Farhan had popped off for me, which was hilarious. Because he's like, hey, are they going to credit you? And I'm like, you know, I don't necessarily need credit. I just don't need to hear that it's somebody else's. Right. And, like, as much immense respect as I have for everyone, this is, this is my giddy-up now. This is what I've got. I have to protect it in a way that it's, like, not like, oh, well, you can't make it and you can't sell it. I just need to, if people love it, I worked pretty hard on it. Sure. Now, I've had people in town try to claim credit for that recipe, and I've shut them down pretty effectively. So. so this is, I guess, you've certainly benefited from social media. Mm -hmm. This is sort of a danger of social media. Yeah. Where you have someone the, singing something. The nice something. thing about those people is that once they realized their mistake, they came back full circle, and I'm just, I've given them my blessing to sell it. You know, if you're making 18 bucks a pie, power to you. <laughs> That's right. Go for you it. You right. go for it. Make that money. But it's just like, don't tell them it's somebody else's. Because I don't have a book. I don't have a show. I don't have any of this. I have a tent and I have a pop-up. I am dependent on any sort of promotion I get. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people disagree with that mentality. I don't have anything else I can promote, really. All I have is my creativity. Sure. You've got you. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's right. Well, and you've done pretty well with that so far. Yeah, I you know, I have no complaints. <laughs> <laughs> so, right now, you right don't now. have a restaurant. You don't have plans for a restaurant. No, I was supposed to open one this year, and I backed out of it actually almost a year ago. But um, I, I backed out of it in February of last year. It was close to being where I needed it to be, but I needed it to happen faster. And I realized that if I sat and waited for a restaurant, I would lose any momentum that I had. So I just started pounding the pavement in other cities. It seems to me that if you had had a restaurant, you wouldn't have had a lot of these doors open. Yeah, that's correct. Um, the flexibility of being a pop-up chef is very, very, very beneficial when you want to go do everything else around the world. I mean, I get a chance to go to Spain for eight days. Who can take off eight days from a restaurant that just opened? Who can go to North Carolina to cook in Davidson? Who can go to Asheville? Who can go to all these things? Who can take three days to do a shoot with makers? You know, I can. And, and that's, I think, why these things are happening is that the availability of it combined with the fact that I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. Let's go. Let's just go. And I'm, I'm willing to keep on pounding the pavement and, you know, shaking any social media channel I can just to kind of keep myself uh, in the game, I guess. And so you, you also had, uh, you're talking about 
social media and, and contacts. You were on Vivian Howard's new show. So oh, Vivian's great. Yeah, so that's going to be coming out sometime soon. Uh, I think March or April. I'm actually in two episodes with her. We filmed yeah. one in Asheville, and then we filmed one here. here yeah, because, you were rolling barrels? Yeah, we were... <laughs> <laughs> So if this whole I'm chef pretty thing sure. Doesn't uh, work out, yeah, I'm, I'm, if the chef thing doesn't work out, we I'm going to call probably, Woodford we Reserve. We can find you a job. At, yeah, at Woodford. I think. I'm, I'm sure that either with her word or her corn cookies, you know, I can I can get a job anywhere. That's right. You um, can roll barrels and. But yeah, the barrel rolling was a blast because we were just sitting there like, "Can we help?" And the guys are looking at us like, "I guess." <laughs> Vivian's in her skirt, and I'm just cackling the entire time. She did have me eat an Osage orange on site, though, and that oh. was terrible. I was going to say, I, I didn't oh. think you could eat those. You shouldn't. <laughs> there's it's, a reason. There's, there's a reason, reason for that. She's like, let's try that. Maybe it's a kind of pawpaw. And I'm like, I don't think that's a pawpaw. No. I think you know what a pawpaw is. <laughs> I think you're just trying to get me to eat this. <laughs> and my mom called me afterwards. She's like, why are you eating random things with these people from TV? And I'm like, I don't know. It seemed like a good idea. Do time. they not have Osage orange in North Carolina? I I've not seen it. I mean, we thought it was like a walnut varietal or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. I just knew it wasn't a pawpaw. Yeah, they're all they're they're over around all the time in the fall. You'll, yeah, you'll see them, but and they will make your knife exceptionally sticky. So do you? <laughs> I bet they would. I don't guess I've ever sliced one. Uh, they're supposed to be good in your closet to keep moths away, though. I think. Oh, they'll keep anything yeah, away. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they'll keep. You know, you can build something with that. And <laughs> they <build>. will flee. <laughs> so do you think that uh, some sort of video or TV series might be in your future? Are Maybe. Are you thinking along those lines? I am kind of weighing my opportunities right now. Um, there is a hosting opportunity with a chef collective that I'm looking at. And if I get it, I'm probably going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I am a better ambassador than I am mercenary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I appreciate that these chefs are willing to come to Kentucky, that are willing to tell the story of Kentucky. I mean, Vivian came in and went to Whitesburg, where we worked with the Kane Kitchen to do oh, a charity wow. Fantastic. dinner. And it was like a community meal. And so the relationship with them led them to find all these ladies who were making chow chow, which Vivian's episode is very heavy on pickling. Mm-hmm. And so she was able to highlight, you know, these chow chow ladies of Eastern Kentucky. And oh, nice. I think that that's yeah. phenomenal. I mean, sure. I, I really appreciate Vivian for that fact is that she's willing to go the extra mile to find these people to, to create the story mm-hmm. and to emphasize these stories. And you know, Eastern Kentucky is, not having the greatest time at the moment between industries and money and addictions and all of these things piling up. But anything that I can do to help, I'm, I'm gonna try. I love having people like Vivian Howard and others come to Lexington, come to the bluegrass, but I also really love it if we could get them to Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Because it's, it's not covered like it needs to be and like it should be. I mean, Louisville has its moments. Louisville gets a lot of attention sure. because it's the larger city between the Derby. The, and it's got the Derby, right. And Lexington, I think, is about to have a moment mm-hmm. because we have a lot of talented There's people There's a lot here. going on We have Lexington. a lot of incredibly talented lady chefs that are pushing these points of view that I don't think have been seen in this city. We have incredible ethnic cuisine representation. 
we have so many different walks of life represented. But Eastern Kentucky doesn't get that moment in the sun so easily. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna bring people to Lexington, but I'm also gonna help Kentucky. And because Kentucky, you know, it's my home state. It's my home. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I love it here. I love the people here. I love the kindness here. I love the attitude here. Um, it changed my life from what can you do for me to what can I do for you. And I am very appreciative of that fact. And I want to kind of pay it forward every way I can. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you if you if you were going to sneak off on us anytime soon, but apparently we can't get rid of you. So. <laughs> I, you know, I just bought a house, so okay, well, good. I'm, well, I'm, then you're, then I'm you're stuck. staying for good. a while. I, I bought the house with the kitchen, and I built the kitchen out. So, so let's talk about your background in Lexington. You said you were born here and I was raised born here. here. I moved away when I was four and a half. Oh, okay. And then my family, my cousin lives here. And we had some family friends here, so we'd be back every couple of months. Mm -hmm. um, and then once I met my husband, who also happened to be from Lexington, uh, we kind of debated and bandied around where we would move after Boston, because Boston was getting wickedly expensive. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our rent for a 900-square-foot apartment probably could have gotten me a mansion somewhere in Beaumont. Who knows? Um, and we didn't really... It wasn't like we could get to more families easily. The, the city life was getting inconvenient for us, and that's not what city life is supposed to be. It's right. supposed to be the epitome of convenience. And we were like, okay, well, let's just touch down in Lexington for a year because his cousin came up when I was looking at apartments, and we were looking to buy something up there. And he said, yeah, if you were in Kentucky, you could get a place with a gold toilet for this price. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go a little bit less Guggenheim. <laughs> But we're going to check it out. And we came down the weekend of the national championship with the Davis team, the 2012 team. And we were here for that. And I was just like, man, it would be nice to be back in Kentucky for a little bit. We only planned on a year. We were going to go to Chicago or San Francisco or another big city. And within 10 months, we bought our first house. Do you think that you could have done somewhere else what, what you've done here? No. No. Lexington is interesting in that if you give them an honest experience, they will support you to the health. People are interested here in people. They aren't interested in, you know, it's not going to cost me a quarter million dollars just to start something. I started my business for $572. Mm -hmm. That's unheard of. Sure. But it's kind of nice being a big fish in a small pond mm -hmm. because everyone is willing to pitch in. And... You know, I have an incredible support system here. If, if I have something that's going on that I don't understand or, you know, anything along those lines, I can call WIDA and WIDA will take my call. Whereas if I were in a bigger city, sometimes I'd be on my own in that regard. Mm -hmm. And I think having the resources that we do here, having the people that we do here, having the kindness that we do here is a boon. Mm -hmm. I had Dan Wu on oh, I like the Dan. podcast. Dan is a ago. genuinely nice dude. He is a nice guy. And he was talking about the same idea that about the value of local mentorship, mm -hmm. of being able to call people like Weta or others Weta, Town, who have answers to questions that save you a lot of time and money. Yeah, absolutely. And and they're willing to help because mm -hmm. it's always, you know, 
when, when the water rises, everyone's boat will float higher. And, you know, it's, it's favorable for all of us, especially with the community that we have in Kentucky between the Lee Initiative and, you know, all of these mentorship programs and like doms and all of these things that go to benefit chefs in the area. This is a bit more invested into each other. Now, granted, there's always going to be folks that don't play well with others, and that's fine. There are enough people that play well with others that there's space for everybody. It really is impressive, I think, how vibrant Lexington's food scene is. Nobody expects it. And, and, it, and like you said, it's, it's, more, it's more vibrant even than people think it is. Yeah. Because Absolutely. there's a lot going on. There's a lot of niche little things. Right. Like we have awesome vegan cuisine options. We have places that accommodate restrictions that people wouldn't expect to be accommodated in the South. We had a place in the summit that was doing gluten-free fried chicken. You know, like <laughs> who, who thinks of that? Like now I think they're, it's pasture at UK now. But at the time they were doing gluten-free fried chicken. Nobody thought of that. Nobody thought they were going to get like gluten-free fried pickle chips or amazing vegan cuisine on the north side or all these awesome coffee offerings or anything that we as dudes are doing right now because they're bringing in seafood that is not commonly used. They're preaching sustainability. They're working on doing things the right way. And, and that's what I appreciate is that we're going to have this moment where a lot of different things are happening now. I want the bar to raise, though. Like, I don't want difference for the sake of being different to be celebrated sure. as much as different for the sake of working hard to make an amazing product. Mm-hmm. Like, people got to work. I look at people who do, you know, brunch services every week and bust their tails, and it really shows. I think effort shows. Uh, I think intention shows. And I don't think that you're going to get a huge benefit if those two don't line up together. So where do you see yourself? And I, we've kind of touched on this idea, but where do you see yourself a year from now, three years from now? Where do you think? What I'm probably you... going to need a nap uh, for either <laughs> probably of those so. things. Or, and I know, so, I, know, I know you can't know because you just can't know what opportunities are going to be. Well, yeah, what, I mean, I didn't see any of this happen. Like, maybe I should say, what are some things you would like to accomplish? Oh, geez. I don't know. I mean, I'm doing more guest chef dinners. I'd love to expand that roster to bring it back to Kentucky. You know, I've got, uh, I did a iconoclast dinner series with Naisha Arrington of Top Chef fame and Bocuse Dior. And she was just like, yeah, I should come to Kentucky. And I'm like, yeah, we should do a dinner together. It would be a blast. And to bring those sorts of things to the Kentucky eating community, I think would be appreciated because it's different. And a lot of chefs don't realize the agricultural bounty that we have here and how amazing everything is, but it'd be nice if people could see what we have to offer because I don't like to be thought of as a flyover state. We are anything but. Absolutely. We have great people, great food, great city. I don't see why that shouldn't be celebrated. So if you are going to have you're going to go to a restaurant yeah. in Lexington. Where do you go? <laughs> Usually I end up at Ramirez, actually. <laughs> um, let me think. I do Panda Cuisine a lot. I do Ramirez a lot. Um, I, do, I tend to do pretty quick food. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to do a lot of Asian food. I've been at Fabisi a lot lately. Uh, I try to go simple. I have been hibernating. Um, 
more so than usual. Oh, I do end up at County Club a lot too. <laughs> uh, but I've been hibernating more than usual, but especially with recipe testing, I'm just like, you know what? I'm, my social energy is tapped out because when you're at these big events, it's, you know, get to know everyone, keep up with everyone, serve everyone, and then go touch every table. And it's just like, okay. I was not prepared for that in life, so I'm kind of adjusting to it. And it's not that, you know, I do have a slightly extroverted personality, but it's it does wear you out. It can be draining, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it was a point in September of last year where I was just like, I need a break, because I was just everywhere. Well, the good thing, nothing happened after September last year. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went pedal to the metal until I think I canceled a pop-up in Louisville at the end of last year because I was just like, I just can't. I was just getting to the point that I was just staring off into space and my husband's like, yeah, you're canceling everything for the rest of the year. Like, you need to calm down and rest for a minute. So I've taken January off, save for recipe writing. I've been doing some stuff with food and wine. Um, I have a really good relationship with re them right now. I've been submitting some recipes over to them. Oh, you might see some of them in print. You might see some of them online. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been, I'm, I'm good friends with their restaurant editor, so I also get to, you know, go to scout new spots, which yeah, has been fun. Nice. It's so much fun. Um, especially with the New Orleans trip that we did last year was so eye-opening in terms of the capabilities of these incredibly talented chefs. You know, I'm just here to make snacks and have fun. I joke, I, my constant joke is that I'm the Labrador retriever of the culinary world. You know, I'm here to wag my tail. I'm here to have a good time. If you tell me to go get something, I'll go get it. If you give me a snack and scratch behind my ears, I'll love you forever. And I just want to make friends and have fun and have a good time being there. Well, it looks like you're having a good time. I'm having a blast. <laughs> I think that you will continue to thrive as long as you're having a blast. Yeah. I don't take it as seriously as I think everyone else does. It's just like, okay, cool, I get to go here. Let's have fun. Let's make a friend. Let's learn something about that city. Let's have some of the food. You know, I just, I just hired a manager because I can't manage my own calendar anymore, as I'm sure you've surmised from trying to get me <laughs> on here. <laughs> I think we've been working on setting this date for it's two months. It's been a while, but I, I, persistence. Uh, Persistence pays off, off and it's, right. it's, it's not like I don't want to do things, it's just that I don't know when I can. Sure. And it's, I love to do stuff locally, but right now the demand is not as heavy locally. You know, I'll end up at Best Friends Bar or once Al's gets going, I might end up popping up there every once in a while. I have a great relationship with Tim and Seth and Shane and they've been super, super kind about letting me use their space. And so having those relationships here makes it easy for me to come back and, you know, pop up every once in a while. So is there any kind of planned event when Lexingtonians might be able to, to taste some Sri Lankan bites? Uh, I'm working on figuring out my schedule for March. Right now I've kind of got it held for a potential opportunity. And I find out in about a week and a half whether or not I get that opportunity or not. So February, I'm in Louisville, and I might be going to New York for a minute. After everything shakes out, I should be able to set some dates here. I, I'm definitely going to do a best friend bar pop-up at some point. Their Sunday-Monday pop-ups are amazing, and, and the Monday ones are really nice because a lot of the service industry folks are off. And, right. you know, I get to meet people in town and, and, and learn who's out here and what they're doing. And... You've got people who are bona fide food nerds here. I mean, they'll talk to you everything about everything from 
the proper temperature to tea smoke something to, you know, great techniques for risotto to how they had this amazing ethnic dish that they can't recreate and how this reminds them of it and what did you use here and there's a spirit of collaboration that I want to embrace and we have very very talented culinary professionals here yes, and it's do. it's one of those things where I want to scream that from the raft like from the roof it's phenomenal well, and you're doing a good job doing that. You're, you're, I mean, I, I don't drawing, shut up. I mean, so. even, if, even if you're not doing it directly and talking about specific people, you're bringing a lot of eyeballs to Lexington. And I think that that's valuable. I, I'm glad to do it. I just never expected that I would be the one doing it. It's strange because I, you know, I was making websites for restaurants. I was, I had a luxury chic client. I was doing stuff for major corporations on the internet, doing Magento websites, and I was miserable. And I was just like, cool, let me just make brunch because that's my solace. So once that grew beyond me, it just kind of made sense to embrace and, and share because when you have something great, you don't want to hide it. That's right. And Lexington's pretty great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sitting down with me. Thank you so much for having me. And maybe we can do it again if, if I catch you in town. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'd be down for it. It's, we've got a lot to talk about with this town now. Oh, I know. think so. And your adventures are ever growing. <laughs> so we're always... We'll see how many international spots I can get this year. It's... So where, where can people find you online? Uh, everything is under Tuk Tuk Lex, T-U-K, T-U-K-L-E-X, and that's .com, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I'm generally pretty good about social media. That's the one insistence that any management that I've interviewed has had. It's like, yeah, you need to keep control of your social media. I'm like, got it. A wise choice, I think. And I will provide links to pertinent accounts Beautiful. in show notes as well. Yeah. So we will keep our eyes on you. I'm very grateful for and that. And we're thankful that you're helping bring some eyes to Kentucky. Hey, Kentucky deserves them. And, and you're doing a great thing highlighting these smaller businesses and these culinary stalwarts in town. And Thanks. I really think that what you're doing is awesome. Thanks. I appreciate that very much. Thanks a lot for being on. Thank you for having me. And uh, what, people are supposed to subscribe now, right? Yes, absolutely. They need to just hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast app they happen to be listening to because we're on pretty much all of them. See? Kentucky's available everywhere. Make it happen. <laughs> That's right. The World Wide Web <laughs> will bring Kentucky to your, to your earbuds. Earbuds, doorstep, what have you. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Cheers, y'all. You can find links to Chef Samantha Four's social media in show notes, as well as the articles and the podcast we reference in the episode. Thank you to Sylviana Heron of La Petite Delicate in Lexington for her kind hospitality and letting me record in her shop. Please hit the subscribe button to the Eat Kentucky podcast to be notified of future episodes. And please leave a five-star rating. It really helps others find the podcast. You can follow my other explorations of Kentucky food on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I would love for you to visit the new Eat Kentucky Patreon at patreon.com slash eatkentucky where you can support the podcast and receive bonuses and previews. The Eat Kentucky theme is by Art Mize. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at eatkentucky at gmail.com. 
If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Lexington area, I'm a realtor with Keller Williams Bluegrass Realty. I would love to talk to you. Until next time, this is Alan Quinn. This is Sam Four with Tuk Tuk Sri Lankan Bites, and you're listening to the Eat Kentucky podcast. Make sure to subscribe on whatever medium you choose and listen to all of the great things that Kentucky has to offer.